Welcome to uh, the inaugural Whiskey and Nirvana podcast. I'm CJ. And I am James. So we have, a, we have an Instagram account and um, where we've been, uh, we've been uh, pairing whiskey and vinyl uh, since uh, May this year. We thought we'd take an opportunity to kind of spin off into a, into a podcast to kind of expand a bit more on some of the things that we would like to. I think it, it's probably worth maybe telling people where the, the idea for the account came from and sort of the genesis of the whole idea. I guess lockdown had, or, you know, the Rona had taken over the world and we were at home a lot with spare time and a bit of spare money as yep. a result of sort of not going out. And you were ordering a lot of whiskeys. That's true. So CJ was ordering whiskeys. We were getting into whiskey. We were understanding more about whiskey and becoming a bit of a hobby. And whilst we were drinking new whiskeys, we were forgetting about the old ones that we'd had. And I sort of said to you, you should record these, write, write down what you're, what you're drinking, what you're thinking, the tasting notes, and then the idea of doing an Instagram account where purely for your own record, you yeah. were you were writing down and taking a photo and saying, this is what we had, this is what we like, this is what we didn't like. Do you remember that? I do, I do. And that's what everybody who has a, an alcoholic problem should do, is to <laughs> keep a, a vi- visual track of... <laughs> a visual record of how much you're drinking. Yes. Um, no, it's true. And we, we, I mean, we talked about it at the time, mostly because... I, I, well, I was kind of referring to whiskeys, and you, you were like, eh, don't remember this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you had this like <laughs> two months ago. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you, no, you were right. And then, um, uh, but then you then, you, would, you then expanded the idea and said you could talk about music and what you would listen to whilst you're yeah. drinking. Yeah, well, it was because I, I, you don't collect vinyl, but I, I do collect vinyl. And um, the idea of listening to music, sort of specific music, with specific whiskey and sort of pairing them came to me when I had I had bought a Willie Nelson record and brought it home and it was a really cool sort of record from the 60s and it sounded really cool and we were drinking whiskey and it just kind of came to me that this these two things fit well together so it was and I said to you I think this is this is great whiskey music yeah and that's where the idea was born to kind of put the two together absolutely yeah 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 and so we, what we do in our account is we, we get a new whiskey. We've got a whiskey, uh, any any whiskey. So bourbons, scotches, Japanese, Irish, Canadian, any any whiskey that we have, and then we match it with uh, a record um, from uh, our the ever growing collection, and put them together, and we drink and listen, and the the act of doing those things together proves to be quite a conversation piece. So we end up having a longer conversation about the two things. We do a post about it, take a picture, talk about it briefly. But the idea here, I think, is that we, this is more our whole conversation about it, which... The inner know, workings of our, yeah, like, a, yeah. like a review process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just, we just, I think it'd be nice to record it and to, you know, be able to look back on it and remember what we listened to and what we, and what we drank and why we liked it. So... Welcome to Whiskey and Vinyl. And I think we decided to start off with the combination that we quite liked and seems to really work well together. I'll, I'll let you introduce the Whiskey of the Day, CJ. It is Heaven's Door Straight Rye. Um, and we paired this with um, Guns N' Roses' Use Your Illusions 2. Mm. Use Your Illusion. There's an OS. You're attacking an extra S on there. Technically, there's two albums here, so they are the Use Your Illusions. That's not 
wrong. It's not correct. But it's Use Your Illusion 2. Yeah. Use Your so, Illusion. So weirdly, we've taken a double album and just taken half of it and matched it with Heaven's Door Whiskey. Is it a double album though? Ah. So Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1, Use Your Illusion 2. The reason we paired Use Your Illusion 2 with Heaven's Door is, well, first of all, I don't have Use Your Illusion 1. <laughs> I only have Use Your Illusion 2 on vinyl. Okay. Um, that's one reason, or else we could have done them both, I suppose. But they are actually, in essence, standalone albums. So they were, they were very unique um, as they were released at the same time, but are separate albums and not a double album. And the band made that very clear. And the reason they didn't want to make a double album is they wanted to make them affordable. So they wanted the kids to be able to sort of afford to buy one if they couldn't yet get the two. I doubt that. I doubt that. I doubt that happened though. And yeah, I think the the records will show people bought them uh, at the same time. Although Use Your Illusion 2 did outsell Use Your Illusion 1. Wow, okay. And continue okay. to do so. I do think, I do prefer that. Yeah. To, yeah. To well, it's the reason I bought that one. So I, I remember when I went and bought it, they were, they were both there. And I didn't want to get them both. I thought that was a bit, that was a bit extreme. And I just got the one, but I'll go back to the first one again later on. So um, we have Use Your Illusion 2. So for the, those of you that are aware of these albums, this is the blue one. So the first one is sort of a, a, a yellow and orange. Uh, Use Your Illusion 2 is blue with, with sort of purple. So yeah, and it's got Knocking on Heaven's Door. Knocking on Heaven's Door. And this whiskey is Heaven's Door. So hence the connection. Whilst our pairings aren't usually so literal and exact, this one kind of made sense. It did, yeah. But we didn't want to go two on the nose with actually Bob Dylan's yeah. um, Knocking on Heaven's Door, which is where which is what the, the whiskey is actually the whiskey company is actually named after because it's a it's a partnership with Bob Dylan in in, in Tennessee where they uh, they uh, the, the team behind it uh, reached out to Bob Dylan can I call him Bob? Mm-hmm. Bob. I reached out yeah. to Bob uh, Mr. Dylan and um, they 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 approached him on actually um, co-founding this this whiskey and uh, they've they created three uh, initial expressions straight whiskey straight sorry straight bourbon a double barrel whiskey, and then this uh, this straight rye. Why don't we first talk about the whiskey, and maybe we're we're almost on this bottle. This has been a really well, that's a good indication. Enjoyable rye. We've over the period of of us doing this, we've we've started to really veer into the ryes and the bourbons, where we started off being fairly single malt Scotch oriented. We're now fully bourbon uh, enthusiasts. I think, and this is the latest example of a bourbon that we've had that's just kind of blown our mind. It has, yeah. Why do you think we've... I agree with you. Why, why do you think we... What, what was it that... Uh, well, at least, what was it for you that kind of sent you in the bourbon direction? As opposed, as opposed to kind of single malt snobbery? They have a really... There's a very distinct... Like, they are quite different drinks, I think. I think they're all classified as whiskey. But the bourbons are there's a, there's a there's a caramel sweetness to them. There's a there's a there's a, like a nice sort of vanilla caramel on the nose that is always I always find it quite warm, quite comforting. Mm-hmm. Whereas a scotch can be a little bit, just a little feels a little bit more inhospitable, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit um, uh, colder. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the bourbons are all quite interesting as well. Yes. They all have varying. Uh, ways of describing themselves and they're all from you know they're all fairly focused on Tennessee Kentucky 
there's one one in Texas. We've had one from Chicago. From Chicago, right? yeah. But mainly, San Francisco. Mainly, yeah. it's Kentucky, isn't it? It's true, sure. Um, and the bottles usually seem to be quite more, a bit more, a bit more unique. And they're, yeah, they're presented in a really interesting way. Yeah, it feels like it feels like bourbon's gone more into sort of like a a craft industry, mm-hmm. whereas Scotch is still a little bit a little bit stuck traditional. Yeah, traditional. Yeah. You've yeah. got a few Scotch dist- distilleries that are being a bit more interesting and modern. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brooklady, Brooklady, the classic Laddie, like, like a bright turquoise bottle. Whereas you know the bourbons, you just feel like you're kind of getting something a little bit more interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really- almost like if you go into like a if you go to like to buy some beer, and you see your sort of your your Heinekens and your this is a bad comparison in terms of liquid, but more branding your Heinekens and your and your Coronas and things like that, and then you see kind of like cool craft beers. It's almost like the bourbons seem yeah. to have like a beaver town when you saw the coloring. And the- yeah. Yeah. The bourbon seem to have a little bit more. That's I think uh, just kind of for me visually much more attractive. Um, this bottle is a great example. It's an absolutely stunning bottle. Describe what you see. The bottle, yeah. <laughs> so the we um, the bottle is a is a is a tall fella, standing taller than most of the other bottles we've got. Uh, quite broad of shoulder, and it looks like a. I think it's really where a lot of the bourbons go through. It go, go come from, I should say. Is they they look like medicinal bottles you would have seen on. Yeah. In a sort of cowboy times, yeah. playing Red Dead Redemption, you, you're going to pick a, some kind of yeah. snake oil from this this kind of looking bottle. Um, so what it what it looks like? It, yeah, it's a tall, broad, flat fronted bottle. Um, but what's kind of really unique about it, and it really stands out, is there's um there's a black sort of carving um, embossed carvings on the front of the bottle, and those carvings are in fact actually uh, representations of Bob Dylan's uh, ironwork. So in his in his uh, his art studio, he actually made makes these uh, amongst his paintings and that he actually makes gates, mm-hmm. um, ironwork gates, and he he collects what he I think he described it as junk from from junkyards and, and farms, um, small bits of metal, uh, toys, cogs, guns, um, and then he kind of welds them into these these, these gates. And uh, so what we're seeing on there, you can see you know you got pitchforks, you got a cat, a couple um, of spurs, a wrench. Yep. Uh, when you look, when when you, when you first see it, it just looks like a beautiful pattern. It's it does. A beautiful pattern, you know. We look closely at each thing. You think, well, those are individual things welded together, and then and they're black. So when you have when you have a full bottle, which we don't, we have a full bottle. We have. You just see the amber sort of liquid behind it, and it's it's really quite a stunning presentation. It's really you know, Heaven's Door obviously is you know linking itself to to Bob to Bob Dylan's. Yeah. It looks and it really stands out when it was song. It was backlit. You know when you we took the photo for mm-hmm. the Instagram account, oh, yeah. and uh, we had a, some backlighting, and you took a photo of it. It really, yeah. really comes through that that deep, deep jet black. Um, and then I tagged it. Heaven's Door, and I thought, I bet, I bet, you know, this is a good picture, and it'll look good. And when I sort of went through to their account, and it turns out a lot of people had a very similar idea, and sort of it's such an Instagramable bottle, uh, and it, it, the, when the light comes from behind it, is quite, it's quite stunning. So. Well done to these guys. Uh, you know, somebody oh, yeah, in the design department is doing something, doing something really, really kind of quite special. Now, um, what did you? We 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 were aware of this, and we was on our list for a little while to sort of to get it. But we were also aware it was a bit. It came across a little bit gimmicky, being connected to Bob Dylan. A lot of artists and musicians have whiskeys. Yeah. Uh, Slipknot have one. Motorhead have. Ryan one. Reynolds has got his gin. Ryan Reynolds has his gin. There's all these things. So there was a bit Winston of... Churchill, apparently, as well. He had a, he had a champagne named after him. Dan Aykroyd has a vodka. He 
Yeah, it's Crystal Skull. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there was that coming in, and a bit, you know, a bit concerned that it might just be a bit, a bit meh because of that. So we were prepared for that. We were, we were, and and this is Bob Dylan's first kind of commercial okay. um, work. The man's got fifty something years of, of mm. credibility, mm-hmm. artistic integrity mm. behind him, mm. and also this is a really this is part of the reason why I wanted this one for our first kind of uh, podcast is because because it is so relevant to. The whiskey world and the music world. That's true. Yeah, it's a good point. So anyway, so that's 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 the um, that's that's the way the bottle looks. It looks fantastic. And um, there are other, there are other two other expressions uh, that I chose this one because because it's rye. We hadn't had a rye for a while. This one seems to have had uh, uh, seems to be slightly more well reviewed. They're all all very well reviewed, but this one's a little bit more mm. I've praised. They're all gold medal winning. This one, no exception. And um, I definitely do not regret. Dumping up the cash for this one. Mm. I mean, it was fantastic when it arrived. We unboxed it. It looked pretty cool. And, and then we just kind of said, well, let's pair this with, very quickly, we use your illusions too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I use your illusion too. Use your illusion. And the taste of Heaven's Door. Heaven's Door straight rye whiskey. What do you what do you think of the taste? Why is it good? You mentioned bourbons in general. There's this caramel vanilla. And that's and that's. that's present in pretty much every bourbon if not every bourbon uh, and, and rye though where I think this is different and it is it is different it's different the moment you you smell it to, to, to tasting it as well it has a has a has a, an off I don't mean this in a bad way it has a has a kind of a, an off off note and I and I really and I hit it and I, I picked it up on it straight away it for me it's it's that coriander mm. um, or cilantro if, if you're in the states mm-hmm. so it's got that slightly off-kilter um, spice to it that gives it an extra I don't know, an extra depth level um, you, you, you can pick it up in the, in the nose it's, it's aroma but you, definitely in its taste when, amongst the amongst the orange amongst the vanilla amongst the, amongst the caramel mm-hmm. uh, it, it's right there you've got the orange in there um, but there's also there's also mint as well there's like mint at the end and um, yeah, it, it's it's just layered and special and spicy. And isn't it produced? Nice. Isn't isn't there a unique production to this? Something that's a little bit different from from other. You were saying it's so they especially for this one for the for the actual for the rye their rye expression. They actually took national cigar barrels from uh, Vosges uh, in France, which is a, a kind of a, a mountainous area. So they're very kind of dry, very specific oak to to France. And and then they brought them over to, to to the US to kind of to finish their uh, their rye off and um, cigar barrels being it's a it's a it's a slightly elongated barrel so it's kind of a, a unique kind of area and that that u- sort of narrower mm-hmm. kind of structure gives it more surface area to to the oak so you're picking up more of the okay, the, nice. the, the pieces the the tannins that that goes into the whiskey to give it that unique flavour. Nice. Cool, yeah, I love it. It's great. It's um. It's all the it's all the best things about bourbon. It's it's caramel, vanilla, woody, you know, made from corn. It, it's just it's just warm and lovely. And it I is. think when you drink it and you look at that bottle and you listen to Axel's sweet tones, it's uh, <laughs> sweet. Is that, is that it's hard to, yeah, I don't know. How do you describe it? Spicy, ca- spicy and caramel. How's that? So we sat down when we first opened this. We sat down and I put on uh, I put on Use Your Illusion too. And both both of us having you know it being a you know being Guns N' Roses fans and having memories of it when we were when we were younger and so 
let's okay so we we sat down we we drank heaven's door it's always good to have like one or two and then put the album on because you're kind of right in the zone right <laughs> just right in the zone where especially when you're listening to a record and you've got to get up and you've got to put the needle down and play it and then flip it over you're just you're just you're you're focused on that album you're focused on that artist and it's it, it, it kind of it definitely everyone says vinyl sounds better it sounds better definitely but it also it's just it's a better experience because it forces you to be more immediate with it so we we put it on and and i you know my memories of this are when it first came out i remember when it came out i was in the eighth grade growing up in near toronto in canada and uh I had a good friend in my class who was, he was, he was into the hard stuff. He was into, you know, all the metal bands and, you know, coming out of the eighties, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was the coolest kid in the class. Troy, I remember Troy and him and I were good friends. Uh, he was a good kid, but kind of really like, like he was really into skateboarding when it was cool. And he, he was always, he was always, he was always hip with the new stuff anyway. And he, he got me into Appetite for Destruction. And then, Super bad. and then and then Lies and Motley Crue and various other sort of bands at the time and then I remember he was talking about Guns N' Roses new album and it, you know he was aware of it his brother he had a bigger brother it was all it was, it was it was being talked about and then when it finally landed there was a lot of anticipation for this so I think when, when it came out in 1991 September 91 it was massive it was huge you know at, you know in 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 North America, it was it was a big deal. Record stores stayed open, or they opened early. Rather, they opened at midnight to sell it. There was queues. It was like Harry Potter, but metal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it was um, it was an important album because everybody had really. I think Appetite took Appetite came out in what eighty seven something like that eighty seven, and Guns N' Roses had had sort of the success of Appetite. I think they they all. They all were were taken by the success, and they were all addicts in different ways, and they all were struggling with different things, and it was so much success so quickly, and then they but they produced lies, at, almost as like a, a temporary measure, so so Guns N' Roses lies came out after Appetite before this one, and it was a temporary measure to kind of keep people happy, keep the record label happy, right. and um, so that is a departure though. Lies yeah. is, is departure. Yeah, lies was a departure definitely. And then they, you know, the band were, the band were in crises because they were, they were, they were all addicts. They were all struggling with relationships. They, getting them all in the same room apparently was very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. And uh, Izzy, Izzy Stradlin uh, cleaned up, he sobered up and he was the one that was driving sort of this sort of next project. And he was struggling with the rest of the members of the band, specifically the drummer who couldn't even finish a set. He was, he was such, he was such a waste of space and they ended up firing him before the albums were, were made. Right. So you'll hear Steven Adler, the drummer, you'll hear him on Civil War, which is the first track of this album. Yep. But that's the only time he's drumming and they had to fire him. They put him on probation and then fired him Whoa. because he, couldn't, he kept, yeah, he kept turning up for recording sessions and just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't even get through a song. So apparently there's a before these albums came out they did uh they did farm aid which is a big which is a big sort of uh i don't know where it is but it's a, it's a big concert it's like a benefit concert for farmers in the states every year it happens neil young or or has it apparently they had a disastrous set at farm aid 
at one point, the Stephen Adler apparently got up from the drums and just belly flopped himself on the stage. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I should have to look to see if there's any video footage of that. But it's um, he was fired, so there was a lot of transitions. Uh, Izzy was was fed up with the rest of the guys being being high all the time. And the albums, these two albums came together. They had tons of content apparently, though. From uh, and still, they had tons of songs from Appetite. So a lot of the songs on this were originally potentially going to be on Appetite, on Appetite for Destruction, and they ended up on this album. And there are a lot of the slower ballads, because apparently right. Axel had written a lot of really good slower ballads, but they didn't want them on Appetite because it, it softened their image. So once they had Appetite and they had that, that's image, a success, and they could they could they could they could get away with it on yeah. these albums. So like November Rain, Don't Cry, those were all those were all written during Appetite time. Right. Oh wow. Okay. Um, which I think is kind of interesting, actually. It is. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how um, November Rain would have fared. Yeah. It's, it's obviously regarded, well regarded now, but at the time, imagine mm. like a, that, like a, how was it, a nine minute long yeah, ballad. Yeah, yeah. Um, they never done that on the first album. You, could, you couldn't, yeah, you just, you just, you know, ripped apart. I remember really being into the album. I remember, I remember it being quite jarring, this album actually, for me as a, as a young man. But like, obviously there's a lot of swearing and some, some real sort of heavy songs, real angry songs. Like my world and uh, locomotive, pretty tied up. Those are pretty aggressive songs. The album doesn't flow in any way. None of the albums flow. They're just they they're from no they 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 saunter from one style to another. Yeah, one genre to to yeah. kind of from high to low. Locomotive, you've got like this like funk metal thing happening, and then it goes into so fine, which is like a really kind of sweet ballad, and it's just it, it, it but it. As a collective, the two albums, it kind of it, it kind of works. Um, very highly regarded now. Some some epic songs on them. There is, there yeah. really is, there really is. I can't listen to all of it though. Yeah, I got to say, I, I will skip. I mean, yeah. you know, if it was, yeah, if the if, yeah. it was, if the, the the record player was just slightly out of reach, I'd be like, yeah, okay, just let it play through. But on Spotify, I, I would skip. You yeah, you couldn't get through a few of the songs now. Well, they're not. They're just not enjoyable, really. Some of them. Whereas other ones are, are. So it goes from sort of brilliance to to decadence. I think a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah I think it's fair. And then and then back to brilliance again. So it's kind of like there's moments of, of absolute absolute genius in this. Of course, you have the cover of Dylan's "Knock on Heaven's Door," which is really good. Uh, interestingly, a year before that came out, actually, the albums a year before these albums came out, that was that was released uh, on the Days of Thunder soundtrack. With Tom Cruise, mm. fun fact. Fun fact. Thanks. Um, and what else we got on here? Estranged. That's, so that's yeah. the that's the song, isn't it? That's yeah. the yeah. That's the song that's that's the song that I that's the song that I didn't know. Yeah. Growing up, but as a mature man, listened to it, blew my mind. Yeah. That's the one that I'm, I will I will play over and over again. Yeah. It's something about that song. It is such a good song. It's like a nine-minute, epic, gear-changing, genre-shifting, you know, ballad metal of a song that Axel wrote about his ex-wife, who had divorced him during the production of these albums. So it was quite raw, quite visceral, and it's it's worth watching the video for Estranged. It's a bit of a mad video. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, it's a bit of a mad video. You remember November Rain video? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that, but a bit madder. What with the church and there's um, yeah. Slash playing on the, the yeah. top. Well, Slash tops in Estranged. You know the big guitar bit in, in, uh, in Estranged? Slash is actually what looks like he's in the middle of the ocean, just playing guitar while standing on water. 
Okay. It's really cool. And it, there's a bit where Axel's hanging up a helicopter. Like, it's really highly produced. Right. Um, it's, it's good. It is good. It's, you can't, you don't stop watching it. You want to know what happens. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's good. But the song is just, it's really good. Axel, that's probably Axel's songwriting and his, and his singing, his, his voice. And everything is just, that's peak, I think, Axel. For, I don't think he did anything as good since. Out of the two albums, I think it's the song that holds up and holds up the most. Why do you think it's outsold the first one then? Because the first one's got Remember Rain. The first one's got, um, uh, it's got Live and Let Dies. Uh, I, okay, it did because I think probably because Knock on Heaven's Door had already been released a year mm-hmm. before. People were aware of it. And the lead single from both albums was You Could Be Mine. And it was in, You Could Be Mine was in Terminator 2. So I think that's probably what did it. But who knows now? I don't know. Both albums have a version of Don't Cry, which is interesting. Apparently one one of the, I don't know which one, one of them has slightly more aggressive lyrics. It's weird because November Rain was such a massive song. Yeah. You kind of thought that would have spurred on the first one to... November Rain was huge. Was yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was like an MTV darling. Yeah. It was on all the time. I yeah. remember being, being, being an ex, sort of um, Generation X, um, MTV generation. You, so much of my music taste was kind of influenced, mm-hmm. directed, driven by music videos. Yeah. Uh, oh, for yeah. for such, it's not so much now. I don't think even yeah. for this generation, but or a couple of generations below us. But definitely then it was like a yeah. band played it and they had a cool video that was that helped you yeah. part with your money at um, in uh, the yeah. record store. You keep, you, you keep mentioning aggressive music lyrics. Mm-hmm. Is there something something about sort of 90s um, Toronto that was, <laughs> was, was delicate? <laughs> Were you very twee and... No, 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 I think... Well, I, I you know, so I was in the eighth grade and this came out and um, it was a fairly conservative Christian school I was in. So I think, I think it was, uh, you know, the stuff Troy was into was pretty cool. My brother at the time was more into like the Beatles and like Super Tramp and Fleetwood Mac and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was, that was my sort of, I guess there's uh, maybe a loss of innocence at that time. Yeah, it was, this was a big part, this was a big part. These were some of the, you know, some of the first CDs I owned as well. I remember I had a CD player, I had a, I had a, like a boombox thing where I could program certain songs to play. You know, it was this, this magic you had at the time. <laughs> like, yeah. anyway, and I used to fall asleep to Estranged. So I put a, put Estranged on and I'd make it sure nothing played afterwards. So I'd just program that one song. Right. And then sit there and fall asleep to Estranged. But I'm so fucked up now. <laughs> <laughs> we, there's, all, there's many, many reasons. Yeah. Just don't, put it, don't pinpoint it into one That's thing. That's one of them. Um, I saw. Oh, I thought that song was so good. It was so epic. It was like nine minutes. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I just didn't know it at the time. I yeah. just it, w- it w- passed my radar. I, I, never... knew, I knew. I knew the big. Like I knew. I knew the the, the big hitters like the yeah. um and November Rain, as I said, was like MTV darling and mm-hmm. you know their version of Living Like That, which I think is fantastic from the mm-hmm. first um uh, first usual illusion and mm-hmm. um as you said the the uh, you could be mine from from Terminator was obviously mm-hmm. a big big thing. But estranged. Also, so fine I, for me that so fine it really kind of hits me as well. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, it's good. Song. That's Duff, Duff McKenna. Mm. Uh, that's 
So they, um, the album's actually quite balanced. So each of them, each of them has a cover version on it. Each of them has a version of Don't Cry. And each of them have like an epic Axel ballad, which is estranged on this one in November Rain, the first one. November Rain, interestingly, was inspired by Elton John songs. Axel said he was, right. he was, he quite liked Elton John, which is hard, kind of hard to imagine. Isn't, isn't Axel notoriously a bit homophobic? Yeah, well, yeah, he was, wasn't he? I think so. So um, he liked the, the sort of style of Elton John's ballads and he wanted to put that to like a kind of a more of a rock metal sort of tone. But yeah, it was, it was a good album to, to drink whiskey to. It wasn't, it wasn't, and you know, absolutely. You know, when, when, we, we, when we kind of paired these before, obviously yeah. there's the, the, the song connection. But it works. Yeah, it works yeah. with the, it works it works with the um, the bottle. It works. And the album's great. The album is, you know, it's a it's a double vinyl. So you've got you've got so usually version one and two on vinyl would be four records altogether. So this one's got two records. It's not a gatefold, but it's got it's got some pullouts with all the lyrics and the photos and the you know the credits on the side. Interestingly, if you look at the credits on the side of the of the pullout insert. Right somewhere in the middle, it it just says "fuck you, St. Louis," <laughs> just kind of randomly, and then they continue thanking other people. It's really, really weird, but it's connected to the. Um, There's a riot, wasn't there? Yeah. Wasn't there during one of their gigs. Yeah. There was a riot in St. Louis. This is before the album, obviously before the Rocket album Riot. Out. I think was actually the um, yeah an official name for it. Yeah, and something had happened. There was some sort of um, scuffle in the crowd, and the band tried to help, but then it got worse, and security kind of kind of were a little bit overbearing, I think, and Axel's just said, fuck you, and walked off. Classic but, Axel. But then the crowd got really angry, and they rushed the stage, and they destroyed all the kit. Whoa. Yeah. So all the guitars, drums, everything got destroyed. And it was, yeah, it was a big, it was a big deal. I think it was quite upsetting for the band, actually, at the time. So hence the kind of fuck you, St. Louis. <laughs> but reading up about the album a little bit, it was really interesting to sort of see how fragile these guys were at the time. Yeah. They were... You know they were they were at kind of the, the peak of their powers a little bit with in terms of the all the you know after appetite. So I read that like is we going hopefully yeah. I think you're going on the same kind of lines. I was about to say there was a view of appetite being this angsty, rowdy, mm. um, kind of anti-establishment almost mm. kind of record of, of these young guys kind of like fuck you to the system, mm. and then and then they made it. Yeah, yeah, and then. And then use your illusion uh, one and two. You're left with this. Okay, well, what do you do when you've made it? Yeah. Like you, w- w- if you're not raging against the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the system. So maybe is that where the name comes from? Is it this idea of like you, you then define your own destiny? Yeah, and, maybe. And and they were all a bit like lost, like you said. I don't know. They've never they've never um, explained the title of the albums. Not as far as I know, at least. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think it's interesting when 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 you realize some of the bigger songs were written before this time. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. You think, yeah, maybe they had that. Axel had that creative kind of flurry around appetite, and some of that carried through. Because as good as these two albums are, there's quite a bit of filler on here. Way too much filler. Way too uh, much filler. Get in the ring. Yeah, my world. Like, come on. There's some nonsense songs in here. My world. Interestingly, they were all on mushrooms and recorded them. <laughs> really, yeah. Yeah. nice. Which is weird. Why is it so aggressive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think it would be like... You'd think there'd more... be more yellow submarines. Yeah. Yeah. And less sort of fuck yous and 
the cover art is really good. The cover art is a uh, a Raphael uh, fresco, which is in the Vatican, and it's a it's a it's a sort of a small piece of a big big fresco, and it's it's a fresco that uh, it has all the main all the all sort of main Greek philosophers in it. But these two characters in the cover are, aren't identified anyway. That's a really uncomfortable way to be writing poetry. The little man is, um, is. highlighted in the front. What's he sitting on? He's actually not. He's actually just, leaning against the wall, isn't he? Isn't he surely he could just be. It is weird, isn't it? Sitting on the floor and, and he's furiously. Like I think he's furiously taking notes from. I think maybe he's meant to be just taking notes from these other great philosophers around him. Right. Okay. That's what I. So think. Is, are we? Are we this this man? Person um, taking notes from Guns N' Roses. Well, that was deep. I know. I don't, I don't think so. No, I don't think Axel. I don't think. I don't think any of these guys at this time had any real insight. <laughs> <laughs> I. I just you know when I was reading about this album, it was it struck me how they were all high all the time. They were all addicted, except for Izzy. It, it was it, often it was sort of said it was a, it was a miracle it came out, mm-hmm. and it was the it was the force of Geffen Records that were relying on it to come out that it ended up happening and yeah there's there, I think there's a lot of sort of politics and business behind this as to why it's two albums why they came out that, at that time yeah it was quite late as well as it came out a couple of years earlier wasn't there a thing like double albums didn't sell or they weren't I'm sure there was a thing about double albums being not profitable or yeah, people, they're too expensive and people wouldn't buy them yeah they? I think that's definitely people feel like they're being charged too much for things yeah but I think part of the deal they, they made they, they had signed a new deal with Geffen and part of it was that they were going to give them two albums so they gave both at the same time something to do with that right these two albums captured the band almost at a moment of implosion I think right the drummer left a new guy in one other guy left another guy came in Izzy was like walking out of the band because he was so fed up with the rest of the guys Slash and Axel weren't getting along I think it was just this this album you know I think it was it's almost like brilliance at the point of departure kind of like the white album was for the beatles and yeah yeah i just don't think they were i, I think guns and roses broke up at the end of this album to be honest i don't think spaghetti incident is they're just the shell of what they were yeah, yeah. And i think it's it's a different line yeah, and you say that we say that other, other bands have gone other yeah. other, uh, other yeah. albums there's you, what you just said there i think it's so true it's important how some of the some of the some of the greatest some of the greatest content and music out there Mm-hmm. It's always, or often, I shouldn't say always, but often related to some significant times in bands' lives. Yeah. There's, 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 there's drama. There's mm-hmm. tension. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's angst. There's things to talk yeah. about and, yeah. and, and, and relate. Yeah. Um, in your songs, there's, there's, there's addictions and, and music and you know, it just comes songs, out, it? drugs it's like, and. It's like alcohol. how can how can Coldplay, okay? Yeah. How can they make anything significant right now? Because they're all in stable relationships. They've all got more money than they yeah. ever need. They're all like living a luxurious life. Where's their, they have no struggle. Maybe there's these, in, you know, struggle with a marriage breakdown and things like that. But sure. it just becomes a little bit less significant. It's all, but it's you, just true. It's true. I guess great art is made through struggle. And this, this, this album is a good, it's a good example of that. I think whilst highly imperfect and moments of, of chaos and madness it's got moments of pure brilliance to be honest perhaps possibly that combination makes it yeah what it is imagine you... they didn't do two albums and they just did the one album well, to take the, to the picks from all the yeah. um, that would have been would, that be a make, would it be the best album ever it would or would be, it be 
would you just be too good and too over, too polished and, and you don't have the balance? You'd have Civil War yesterdays. Let's say no covers as well. Right. Civil War yesterdays, locomotive, estranged, you could be mine, don't cry. Then you'd have November Rain, you'd have Dead Horse. I don't know. I just think it would probably be a much better album. But it kind of is what it is, and it's kind of, maybe it's because it's part of our collective childhood now, isn't it? Any more to add? No, I think that's it. I think we've, I think we've um, exhausted. We've, we've, we've deconstructed art and music and whiskey. The whiskey is great, and we recommend it. Heaven's Door from Heaven's Door Distillery. We drank the straight rye whiskey. It's the kind of whiskey you'll drink and you'll keep the bottle. It's lovely. It's good. And it's probably, it's worth a little bit more than your average bourbon, but probably... It is, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. From 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 the from the unboxing to the sighting on your shelf to the first pour to the very last sad, mm-hmm. sadly ending pour, it is, it's great. Have yourself a neat glass, put on Guns N' Roses Usual Vision 2, and then go to the song Estranged and drink and listen. Can't go wrong. On that note... Cool. Thanks, Siege. Thanks, James. We will be back with more whiskey to drink and more philosophy philosophy and more vinyl to listen to. Until next time, cheers. Uh, Thank you, everybody. Cheers.